Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's always a joy to come back home to Riverbend Church. I don't usually bring tissues up front, but I found my eyes watering during uh, worship, and it wasn't because of anything in my eyes. So I just, uh, for my wife and myself, uh, we'll be ready, just in case. All right. So this is um, our family. Uh, usually we bring our family up front, introduce everybody, uh, but that's not the message today. Uh, but if you'd like to meet our, our, our th- uh, three wonderful kids, you'd be glad to introduce them to you after the, after the service today. We do serve in, in Thailand. We were launched into Thailand in 2016. Uh, you can see the surrounding countries of where we live at. Uh, this year we're going to be doing ministry in China. We'll be joining the Riverbend Missions Team in Yunnan Province, China. We'll be doing another type of work uh, in another part of China. Later in the year, we'll be working in Myanmar. Uh, we'll be working in Singapore as well as uh, Thailand. So the Lord has a lot of things that uh, are ahead of us, and we're very, very excited about that. And, but that's not the message. So if you'd like to learn more about what we, what we do in Thailand and those other countries, we would uh, be glad to, to talk with you after the service. There's also a sign-up sheet out, out front at the welcome desk if you'd like to get on our distribution for, for newsletters. Yeah. What we always like to, when we talk about our journey, is we like to talk about the fingerprints of God, how we got to where we're at today. Lori and I uh, got married in 2003. Uh, Lori had lost her husband in a, a tragic motorcycle accident. Um, <clears throat> she'd been through uh, a lot of trauma. We met each other 10 years later, and the Lord confirmed for us to, to get married. But before we got married, we wrote out a vision statement, a, a mission statement of what our marriage would be. Missions was one of those things. And uh, championed the cause of the down and out and orphans and children at risk was part of what we... Uh, wrote out in that mission statement. Well, in 2008, we, we uh, brought our first son home, uh, Joshua. He's sitting up front here. Uh, he's a mighty warrior. I uh, love him with all of our heart. He was working hard out at our host family yesterday, uh, shoveling sand, building a bulkhead along the waterfront. And I was just, I was gasping to try to keep up with him. In 2011, uh, we brought home little Zoe from China. She's from the Yuchan uh, city of, of China. Uh, we believe that since we are a little bit older in age, uh, I turn 60 next month. Just a little self-disclosure, not that that's hard to believe. But <clears throat> we just felt like Joshua needed somebody from his own nationality, his own generation to grow up so that when we go home and be with the Lord, that he still had a family, uh, to call its own. And then uh, Joshua, um, well, well, we'll talk about this in just a minute. Uh, one, one Saturday after service, we, we first met on Saturdays uh, in a, in a uh, Methodist church. Uh, that's how we're, one of the places where Riverbed had its start. Pastor Bobby uh, sat us down after church. That Saturday evening, and said, "Hey, I know um, that you guys have a heart for for orphans. You have a heart for children at risk. You have a heart for cross cultural ministry. I have some friends in in Thailand. 
They need help. I just had lunch with them. They came stateside, but they need boots on the ground. Would you guys be at least willing to go check out what they're doing in Thailand and see if that's a God fit? So long story short, when Bobby calls you aside, watch out. Be ready, okay? Uh, he, has a, he has a gift of calling people out, and God uses him to help guide. He's not God, but he, he, God uses him to help guide. So long story short, we went to Thailand. God confirmed that that's where we were to go in the next season of our lives. That was 2014. We could not launch right away because we were in the process of adopting this little guy here, uh, Caleb. So we brought Caleb home in 2015, and then it was green light, uh, pedal to the metal, fundraising, and getting ourselves uh, on mission in Thailand. We arrived in Thailand January 2016. And that's not our message. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Theodore Roosevelt is quoted as saying, people don't care how much you know until they know that you care. And we have found that that is true over and over and over again. So one of the main things that we do in Thailand is we build authentic relationship. Living in a, another culture not speaking the language, uh, not having been raised in that culture. It takes time to build relationship and gain uh, relational capital to be able to, to gain trust, to be able to speak into people's lives. And so that's one of the main things that we, we do in Thailand. Uh, that's our foundation in all that we do, building authentic relationship. Uh, but again, that's not, not our message. Today I want to talk about staying on mission, becoming valiant in battle. Uh, Chapter chapter 11 of Hebrews talks about uh, the great men and women of faith. And in chapter, or in verse 34, it talks about uh, that out of weakness they became strong. And they became valiant warriors. And they drove out, they sent out foreign armies from wherever their assignment was, wherever their mission was. And I'm not going to go into great depth in that scripture, but that is my battle cry. That has been my battle cry since July of last year. That's my battle cry for 2019. And you'll know more about it as we go forward. But the main scripture that that we're going to be talking about Uh, This morning is staying on mission through rejoicing in hope, being patient in tribulation. doesn't mean that we're always joyful in the midst of tribulation. Sometimes it's very painful, but being patient, persevering through times of tribulation, and continuing steadfast in prayer, even when it looks like things aren't changing. Being patient in tribulation, being steadfast in prayer, rejoicing in hope. You know, if, if we were to tear off the carpet in this building here, if we were to remove the drywall uh, from the, the walls and just look at the, the, the two-by-four studs in this building and look at the cement floor in this building, you very well may be sitting where Scripture has been written. We came in, we dedicated this building, when this church in its life cycle, in its growth cycle, came here. 
We didn't know all that was in front of us, but we know who did. And we knew what he was calling us to do and what he was calling the church to do. We were rejoicing in hope because we were confident in who Christ is. And we were patient. There was resistance. And we were steadfast in prayer. And the church now is walking that out through the expansion. But that's not our message. Uh, This really is what what the Lord has put on our heart to share. And this is a very vulnerable uh, piece of our life here. And I'm not one to cry, so (laughs) just bear with me if I get choked up along the way. Uh, this, this past year, living in the mission field, you, know, you just don't know what you're going to encounter. You know, we went there with the, the heart, whatever you need us to do, we'll do. And that's the heart that we continue to serve with today. Little Caleb, when we adopted him in 2016, in 2015, uh, he was about three years old. Our two others were about 18 months old when we adopted them. We found that when we picked up uh, Caleb in Beijing, China, although he was almost three, developmentally, he was about one and a half years old. Lori is a phenomenal teacher. She homeschools our kids. And as he became of age to start the education path, we discovered that he wasn't learning like our other two children. And we work with a lot of children in Thailand, and a lot of, lot of uh, nationals as well as expatriates uh, in Thailand. And he was not... There was something different about little Caleb. And at the beginning of 2000, 2018, Caleb could not draw his alphabet. He couldn't draw a straight line. He couldn't draw a circle. Uh, he couldn't remember his numbers. And Lori just started crying out to God. What do I do? And we knew that our call was to Thailand. God wasn't changing on our heart that we needed to come back to, to uh, the States to find help, to get help. But he was directing us to dig deep, to dig deep in prayer, to hope, to have confidence in him that he would bring about the answers. And... I'm going to go ahead and give this over to Lori for her to, to share just a little bit of the process. This, was, this picture here was uh, about April of 2018. January, he was not able to even write, draw a circle or a straight line. And by April of 2018, he was doing his alphabet. And we, and we do give all the, the praise and glory to God about that. And, and it was through steadfast prayer that we were able to discover um, a way to help him and also many other missionary families on the field. As I was doing research and praying and reaching out, I came across other families who were having the similar struggle, or struggle with their children. And, um, that, and in fact, some of the families were leaving the field, forced to leave, because they needed to get help. So I just said, God, this isn't right. What, what is out there? So I started doing research, and lo and behold, I found a program right here in Suffolk um, in our backyard. I said to my husband last year, I said, we're going to go to this place when we come back next year, and I'm going to check it out because I think this is what God wants us to go to. I want, wants me to, to pursue here. So I did. I found um, the National Institute for Learning Development, 
It is right here in the headquarters in Suffolk, but they're also an international organization. So I was hoping to be able to take training over there, but nothing opened up. So we prayed and said, God, what, what do we do with this? We know this is what you want us to do. So um, praying and, and, and fasting and seeking him, and um, he, uh, he opened the door with one of our partners saying, um, I just deposited some money into your account. Use it however you need to. And we realized that it was half of the tuition for this course that I needed to take. So that was the first hurdle in this. And um, so then the next thing was, well, I'm going to have to travel to the States. Now what? I've got airfare and I've got to have a place to stay. So um, we put out a newsletter and then more funds came in and it covered the, the finances for the, for the airfare. And, and um, host families, I needed a place to stay. So host family in Virginia Beach. Uh, was was very kind and generous, and they're also our host family now as we're here. And then two other families here in Suffolk opened their homes to me for a week at a time because I had to be here on campus for a solid week at a time. So um, just just seeing his hand in, in opening up these doors for us and, and the fact that um, not only will this training help Caleb, it's going to help other children on the mission field. And we're looking at possibly taking this, this training, as I become the, an educational therapist is, is the official title, to, to China to work with the, uh, the children there that we're, we're going to go visit in March. They're uh, autistic and cerebral palsy uh, diagnosed children. And this training is, uh, will lend itself to that. Um, the, the training itself, uh, just a little bit of a background on that, is, um, it focuses on developing the learner rather than um, just um, to, you know, making their stronger places stronger, but working on some of the weaknesses that, the, the, that is in the brain. And so it, what I love about it is it addresses the cause, not the symptom. And so the, it allows the brains in these children to actually be changed. And I just think that's, that's a gift from God right there <laughs> to, to know that their brains can actually be changed. And it's not just for children. It's also for adults. So it's, it's just a phenomenal program. And it has been around. It's been, a, it's been around for, for more than 40 years. So it's been out there. It's been tested. It's been proven um, and researched. And so, uh, again, um, I, and, I, and I do want to say that I'm, all, I'm, I'm finished with level one, so I'm taking that back to, uh, to Thailand and beginning the work there. And then um, level two is, my next, uh, is, is the next thing I'll be working on, hopefully over the summer, and hopefully um, it, it will be somewhere close by, but we'll, time will tell and God will, God will provide for whatever I need. So um, anyway, that's the, that's the journey that, um, that I am now on. And um, I just, uh, I'm very grateful. At first, I was scared to death, but now seeing God's hand in it and opening all these doors and providing, it's, it, it's like, okay, we're, we're in there, God. Thank you so much. Okay, so. You know, some of you know that, that uh, I served in the military. I was in the, um, in the Navy for 30 years. And one of the things that we do in the military is we train, we train, we train. So when the actual battle comes, we almost have automatic responses to the situation at hand. And we have to do that in the spirit world as well. We have to train and train and train so that when the trials come, when the situations that come that require 
us going deep, the situations to come that require us to stand strong in the midst of great opposition or great trial, that we can stand and we can stand strong. And becoming valiant in battle is a process. It's a process that takes time. It's a process that takes training. It's a process that takes dedication and discipline. Well, one of the things that Lori, um, we, we haven't shared here, is that as Lori came back in July to go to school for six weeks, six. <laughs> came back to go to school for six weeks, I stayed in Thailand with the kids, and I did homeschool, and I did ministry, and, and we went out to eat a lot. Um, <clears throat> but something else was going on back in the States. And our commitment has always been, we're not going to lose our marriage. We're not going to lose our children. We're not going to lose our family just because we're missionaries. God's going to stay first. Our marriage is going to stay our second. Our kids are going to stay third. And if there's a crisis with mom and dad, we're going to pray through it and we're going to support. Well, uh, Lori had, um, her mom had gotten sick and had been, uh, got through the hospital and and was in a, uh, uh, being taken care of at a home by a caretaker. And and this is being streamed live. And so I'm being very careful what I I say uh, because I don't want to malign anybody. Uh, But... In April of last year, all communication had been broken off with Lori's mother. Uh, the caretaker had, had convinced her mother that nobody in the family cared about her. Uh, nobody could visit her. Nobody could call her. And so when Lori came back here, she said, I want to fly out. I want to fly out unannounced and see if I can gain access to my mom. Well, I started doing some of what Crystal did here, running around. You know, there's a 12-hour difference between Thailand, United States. Running around, praying, singing, on my knees, on my face, praying, fasting. And I got uh, a few days into it, and Lori sent me a picture. Um, And the picture was her and her mom sitting together. God had opened the door for her to be able to get into the caretaker's home and talk to her mom and say, Mom, I love you. And it started a process that God continued to work in. Uh, Lori's dad was kind of sick at the time. Uh, Lori thought that he, he might have heart problems. She said, you know, I already got boots on the ground here. I would like to honor my father and stay a little bit longer so that I can walk my father through medical appointments. So we called the airlines, we changed the ticket, and so rather than her coming back in August, she was scheduled to come back in October. After she got through with school, and mind you, the school that she's going to is master's level uh, training, so she's you know, got the, the stress of school, the stress of her family, she left here in Virginia Beach, flew out to where her family was at, and started the process of walking her father through medical appointments. She wasn't there more than a couple days, and the sheriff showed up with a notification of filing for divorce. 
that the caregiver had convinced her mom that the best route forward was to file for divorce. Well, Lori called. And, uh, I mean, she's just an incredible lady. And she said, you know, how do you feel about me staying here longer? I said, you know, it's, it, there's no other option. You know, you have to stay. We'll figure out how to come to you. So I, I often say, Lori left Thailand in July, and, and we're back here to come get her and bring her back. Uh, but in that process, God, we just saw God move and God move and God move. Uh, you know, he would open a door, and we would have to say, okay, this is part of our mission. You know, we are trusting in you. We are, we are staying on mission. We are going to step into it, and we are going to be persevering and patient and persistent in spite of the tribulation, and we're going to remain steadfast in prayer until we see the outcome that you're bringing, God, whatever that outcome is, until we see that outcome and you release us. So we came back, the kids and I, they're great travelers, so people have said, oh, how, do you, how do you take three kids on an international flight? It's more like they took me on the flight. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, in, in the course of, of, of everything, and I want to give Todd time to get back up here, there was two men of God in the farmlands of Missouri, two totally separate churches, totally separate congregations that came alongside Lori and came alongside Lori's family to walk this out. Okay? We're serving on mission. Those pastors are serving on mission. Those congregations are serving on mission where they're planted. You know, sometimes, you know, hey, you're going to hear from a live missionary. We're all missionaries. In our assignment, in our current sphere of influence, we are all on the mission field. We are in this world, but not of this world. And so our calling is no higher than, than anybody else's. Uh, <clears throat> but these two, two men, Pastor Yoder... He calls himself a recovering Amish. Uh, great guy. Uh, <clears throat> but he came alongside and just gave streetwise counsel uh, to, to help the family out. Uh, I got this picture here uh, probably around probably October time frame. And she said, Lori said, my dad just gave his life to Christ. Yeah. This is a man that said for years and years and decades, I have no place for God in my life. What he went through humbled him. What he went through brought him to his knees. The prayers of others brought him to the knees. Those that were called to participate in this particular mission, staying on mission, changed this man from the inside out. Well, this other man with, with uh, uh, Lori's father here, uh, Lori's father is in the, the colorful shirt, uh, the other man is Pastor Dan, and he's a, a pastor out there in the farmlands of, of uh, 
where Lori's parents live at, out in the farmlands. Uh, <clears throat> he came to Lori's, uh, long story short is that uh, God orchestrated it so that Lori's mom could get out of the caretaker's home. Uh, her brother had just built a, a brand new house with room for her mother to stay in. Was it, God orchestrated it to bring her mom out of there, plant her in uh, Lori's brother's house, help her to get out of the, the fog that abuse, a person living in an abusive situation like that, they call it elder abuse, uh, get her out of that fog. Uh, God just did incredible things. And one of the things that we did, staying on mission, was that before, before we left, we wrote up all, all the things that God did to turn this situation around. And we had a meeting with the entire family. We called it Leaving Well, Seeing the Fingerprints of God. And we were able to go line item by line item. Look what God did. Look what God did. Look what God did. Look what God did. At the end of that meeting, Lori's father was uh, just reaching out to Lori. Thank you so much for coming back. Uh, Lori's mom and dad are still together today. The divorce was called off. but at the end of it, Lori's brother, who's caring for her mom now, he looked at the, uh, Pastor Dan, he came over, and he shook his hand, and he said, Pastor, you are welcome in my house any time. <laughs> the way those two men served and staying on mission, everybody that was involved in it, there's people here that were praying for us as well, brought about that change in the environment the change in the lives through staying on mission, rejoicing in hope, being confident in hope, staying, staying on mission, staying on mission, patient, persevering in tribulation, and steadfast in prayer. This is a picture just before we left. These two men of God got Lori and I together and said, you guys have served well. You guys have been on mission here in America, we got this. We got this. It's time for you to go back to Thailand. So this is one of the last pictures before we left. This is Lori's mom. She didn't look anything like this uh, when we first arrived there. But to God be the glory. Great things he has done. Before I share a couple of thoughts with you about Romans 12, 12, I wonder if you guys would just do me the honor, uh, ask the PAC team and um, some prayer people to come up right now. I'd love the bottoms to come back up, those three that are here in the sanctuary. I know that you guys are heading back Wednesday, Thursday, the 31st. So come on out here. Uh, we just want to surround you and pray for you. Before I do that, I, I want you to hear me when I tell you that we honor you guys so much. We honor who you are, what you're doing, what you're engaged in, the sacrifice that you've given up, the life that you've chosen to live. You could have just retired. You could have just retired, and we would have used you here. But you, you chose to refire. Yeah. You guys choose to refire and to step back out and to answer the call of God in your life, and we recognize that. And we just want to surround you, and I'm going to have uh, Pastor Brent start out and just pray for you guys. I, I need you guys to, before you go, 
hear it in front of everyone here, how much we honor you, how much we love you, how much we appreciate what you've gone through. You're a huge testimony to this house, and we love you to pieces. Father, we thank you that, uh, Lord, that you're in the journey. Lord, in every step that we take, you meet us in very powerful, clear ways, Father. And even as they've shared this morning the journey over the last year they've been on, and over the last two or three years they've been on, Father, I thank you that you've met them in significant ways, Father. And as we, Lord, prepare to send them out again, Father, we thank you, Lord, that the journey ahead is going to be met with faithfulness. It's going to be met, Lord, with your power and presence and breakthrough every step of the way. Father, I thank you today, Lord, that every step that they take, Lord, you're going to meet them in significant ways. Father, we pray for your surrounding of your grace and mercy and power over them. Lord, we thank you for favor and open doors and new opportunities, Lord. Father, we thank you for the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Lord, speaking to them day in and day out. Lord, may they have clarity as they hear from you. Unity in this family. And Father, your protection to care over them. Father, we just say use them. In this next season, Father, I pray you'll increase their influence and impact. Lord, increase your favor over them and use them, Lord, to do great and mighty acts. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Church, would you put your hands together for this family? And I don't know if you're going to be with us next Sunday, but if you are, Pastor Bobby, I'm sure we'll do this again. I just didn't want to miss the opportunity, all right? Love you guys. <laughs> Good stuff. When Pastor Bobby asked me to connect with Randy and team teach with him today, uh, I kept telling him, listen, if you, if you go the whole service, I'm comfortable with it. You're not going to offend me. I just want to give you permission and to run with it. But as some of you know, those that are around me, I love to, to preach and to teach. So I'm just going to share a couple quick thoughts with you. I'll have you out of here in 10 minutes. If we could have that last slide up, that would be fantastic. Perfect. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and faithful in prayer. You say that with me? Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, faithful in prayer. I love the book of Romans. It's one of my favorite books, and I'll tell you why. Paul has the ability in so many of the books of the Bible to write to people and share with them from his heart situations that are happening at their church, situations that they were dealing with, whether they're in the social setting or in the church setting, and he always cared enough about them to share that with them. And he did that because he had relationships with them. Many of those books that we read were churches that he actually planted. Romans is a different nut altogether. Romans is one of the, my favorite books because Paul didn't have those relationships with that church. Romans, the book of Romans in, that we read, the church that it was written to, he didn't plant that church. He had a desire and a passion and a longing to go to Rome, to preach to them, to teach to them. So we find in the book of Romans a really practical breakdown of what it means to be a Christian. On top of that, chapter 12, there's a break. Chapter 12 in the book, this is where the practical side of Paul starts kicking in. So when Randy told me today that he was going to be preaching on Romans 12.12, I got really excited because for me, I like to bring Christianity to a real practical world. I like to bring Christianity to a place where we can all grab it and run with it and be on fire for that. So when you look at Romans 12.12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, faithful in prayer, I want you to look at two things when we look at that. There's two ways that we can break up all those words. Rejoice, we can say joy, hope, patience or endurance, and faithful. Those are Christian character core traits that we all desire to have. 
There are things that we want to do. There are things that we want to be like. When someone irritates us or frustrates us or does things to us, we don't want to fly off the handle. Amen? Amen. We want to show joy. We want to show love. We want to show peace. We want to show all those Christian character traits. When we're depressed and we're bummed out and things aren't going our way, we don't want to curl up in the corner. We want to have hope. There's something very interesting about this scripture, if you look at it with me and make it very practical to grab onto. Tribulation is how we get there. Tribulation will come to your life. We have something in common with those that don't believe in Jesus Christ, that tribulation will come. Stress, depression, anxiety, circumstance, things spinning out of control, people treating us the wrong way, us not getting our way. All those different layers, where it's, whether it's something done to you or it's a calamity that hits you, tribulation is going to come your way. And if you're in this place tonight and tribulation's never hit your life, You've never experienced those things. I want you to hold on to this message because it's going to serve you someday. For me and for many in this room, tribulation is a occurring, reoccurring thing in our life. And this scripture doesn't say that tribulation isn't going to come. This scripture says that you are to be patient in tribulation. I have a good friend that says this year his word that he has for the Lord is patience. He's praying to God for patience. He wants patience in his life. Well, this morning, I want you to know that tribulation is that place. Tribulation is that place that you can go and watch those deep things of God go into the roots of who you are. I don't know about you, but when I'm down, when I have no hope left, the only thing that gets me back engaged is hope in Jesus Christ. If you're in this room and you are going through tribulation or have looked at tribulation as God punishing you, or there's a curse on your life, or even the enemy attacking you in ways that you can't even hold up anymore. I want you to see what the scriptures teach us. That tribulation is something that we can be patient in. We can use the tribulation that hits our life to grow deeper in God. We can use that tribulation that hits our life to really have the stuff, the fruit, to minister to the people around us. Many of us in this room want to be more like Jesus. Many of us in this room strive for that. I, I have that joy about Riverbend is there's a depth to this church. There's the depth to the people of this house that they want to be more like Jesus. Well, this morning, as I'm sharing this word, let it be a reminder to us that tribulation isn't something that we should avoid and tribulation is something that we shouldn't convince ourselves that won't come. Tribulation is something that we don't have to just endure through. But tribulation can be used. It can be the cause for you to actually become the Christian that you've always desired to be. It can cause those roots of hope to go so deep in you. I meet with people that don't believe in Jesus, and I can't get them to hope again. I meet with people that don't have that peace that Jesus brings. I can't give it to them. Peace isn't a concept that you can logically grab and wrap your head around. Hope when everything is hopeless You can't grab it. You can't reason it out. You can't wish it upon yourself. When hope is all gone, when everything is crumbled, when nothing makes sense, when the whole world is coming at you, when your bank account is zero and you still have bills coming in, when your mother abandoned you, when your child abandoned you, when you get fired because you're a Christian, 
when the world persecutes you because of Jesus, there's only one hope that we can have. And that is the absolute hope in what Jesus has done for us. The absolute hope in who he said he is to you and to me. There is no peace other than Jesus. There's no freedom other than with Jesus. And our ability, just like the scripture says, to be faithful in prayer can't be done without a relationship with Jesus. So this morning, the thought I want to share with you is there's something different about you, something different that you have, that even though you share in common stories with people that don't put their trust in Jesus, stories of tribulation, stories of loss, stories of hopelessness, you have something the world does not have, and that's your hope in Jesus Christ. You're hoping what he can do. You're hoping how situations, even if they don't change, there's a peace that passes all understanding. And in those tribulations that will come, in those tribulations that spin you out of control, you can be full of joy. You can have hope. You can be patient. There's only one way to get impatient or patience, and that's by waiting. That's by enduring. I know people that have great patience when everything's blowing up around them and they're calm and you look at them and you say, what in the world is different than you, with you? They've endured. They've waited. They've rested. And they've realized that in those moments, in those moments when all the tribulation is coming to you, that there's something greater that you can have. And it's when you allow those roots of the Christian characters that you're striving for to be found in tribulation. It might be, it might be something that you think is beyond you, but this is why we are faithful in prayer. This is why we put our hope in those things, because they're eternal. So this morning, my encouragement to you today is as you face tribulation, as you face trials, as you're going through those things that don't make sense, to put your hope in God, that there is a tomorrow. Even at the moment of death, when all life that we know it is gone, there's a hope that you possess that the world is dying for, that the world is crying out for. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for truth. Lord, that we are not going through this alone. This journey that we're on, the stories that we even heard today from the mountains, the tribulations that they faced, they were never alone. And in the darkest moments of those stories, they were patient. They were faithful in prayer. And they waited. Lord, I pray for anyone that's hearing this right now, either here live or online, that has lost hope. They've lost hope in their situation. They've tried to reason it out. They've tried to think it through. I pray for peace over them right now. I pray for a moment of peace and clarity in in your name right now, God, that their hope will be restored. There's only one way to have patience and only one way to to make it through tribulation, and that is to put our hope in you, Lord. So I speak restoration of hope 
over lives right now. Restoration of hope in Jesus' name. And Lord, I speak over those that don't know you. That thought they did or discovering that maybe they don't believe anymore. The hope they lost. I pray for restoration of hope. I pray you bring those people back, God. Bring your children back. And Lord, I pray that you would raise up this church. You would raise up this church to do exploits for you, Lord, through the hope that they have, through the joy that they have, through the peace that they have, through the stories of tribulation that they've persevered. Let that be their message. Let that be their story. I pray for a loosing in their lips, God, for them to be able to share. In Jesus' name. River Ben, would you stand with me as I just speak a blessing over your life? I speak a blessing over you today. A blessing of peace and a blessing of hope. A blessing to be able to dream again, to have a vision again. A blessing that the promises of God are still active in your life. He's not done. He's far from done. This season, I pray for an energy in your spirit like you've never had before. To believe again, to trust again, to hope again. To risk believing God for the impossible again. May you have a great week. I hope I see you tonight at Silken Prayer or throughout this week at our other prayer gatherings. Have a great week.